Welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. So excited to bring to all of you listeners another edition of our Monday ATP Challenger-centric episodes here on the Great Shot Podcast. New Crack Rackets contributor and host of today's show, Damian Kust, is joined by his friend Jakob Bobro to discuss all of the latest action happening across the ATP Challenger Tour on today's show. They're going to talk about Nicolas Yari, how exceptional he has been over these past past two weeks in Ecuador. They're going to talk about talented Italian Flavio Caboli, his rapid rise up the rankings. Can he match his countryman Yannick Sinner crack the top 100 so early in his career? We will find that out. And of course, they break down all the rest of the week's results, preview next week's action, and so much more. It is a fantastic show that, as always, we look forward to sharing with you listeners. Of course, the reason we're able to do that day in, day out here on the Great Shot Podcast is because of the support we get from all of you the support we get from our Patreon family, and of course, the support we get from our friends at Turn of Tennis. You guys know the deal. Turn of Grip's performance in hot and humid conditions, it's unmatched. It's the only grip that gets tackier when you sweat. And did you know its color, that iconic trademarked blue? Yeah, it exists on the the grips of hundreds of touring pros in the game. If you would like to join the Turn of Tennis family, you can call or email them to get college pricing or free samples by reaching out to sales at uniquesports.com or 800-554-3707. Again, that's sales at uniquesports.com or 800-554-3707. You let them know we sent you there. Again, you'll get college pricing and some free samples. Contact sales at uniquesports.com or 800-554-3707. With that in mind, let's get to another ATP Challenger-themed episode here on the Great Shot Podcast with hosts Damian Kust and Jakob Babra. Uh, welcome to the next episode of the Challenger Tour podcast. I'm once again joined here by by my friend Jakub. So, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, managed to watch quite a bit of tennis after not having the most productive week tennis-wise. I had a lot of uni stuff and such. But yeah, this this was a big finals day here on Sunday. Not quite finished, unfortunately. But yeah, I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, uh, I'm fine too. I Salinas is making us is putting us in a really weird spot again last week we couldn't talk about the the finals and the semis because they were played on monday right now the the final between jari and uh emilio gomez was was suspended at free free uh in the f- deciding set due to darkness but it also means that we're not gonna find out if our pick for the for the winner from last time was correct what do you think? Like, what have you watched the have you watched the match? Do you think we're gonna be right or not? I I thought all along that we were going to be right. I mean, yeah. it, it was a really really nice match. Um, the the the, the way that it was shot, I'm not sure if I liked it because it was a very very wide angle uh, of of the court. Um, but you know, I mean, it, it was it was good hard court game. Harry was you know getting to the net quite a bit. Gomez was playing some rather nice defense. So it was a nice match overall with Harry sort of not dominating, but but being the better player throughout. He had, I, I believe, two match points, was it? Yeah, two match yeah. points in the second set tiebreaker. Yeah. Wasted it. Um, and then on to the third, where he just tied it up for 3-3, I think, on a serve. And then they had to suspend you to darkness, unfortunately. So That's actually, I mean, the scheduling is idiotic. Like, 
Yeah, Why would you it, it, it was the only only match on the schedule and they scheduled it quite yeah. late for i mean i assume sort of sort of tv deal that they have uh possibly but, but it's you know it's been two hours and 20 minutes i mean a lot of matches go this long if it exactly. was four hours i would i would totally understand it actually the the, the other the second semi yesterday was scheduled at the same time but then he won in 70 minutes or whatever so, mm. so that that wasn't an issue but it, it was today uh maybe maybe the the tournament director you know the, the father of Emilia gomez had something to do with <laughs> suspending it but actually gomez was looking quite good before the before it stopped i mean uh there's been so many breakpoints he 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 hasn't converted any yes any yet. yeah <laughs> but but it, it's been a struggle and these two match points you mentioned i mean I, I I'm not biased against like uh, against Gomez or anything. Uh, I don't really you know. I don't care which player wins, but I was really hoping Jerry would finish it because we were supposed to record right after. So yeah, <laughs> right now we yeah. have to wait. And these match points were absolutely terrible. I mean that one forehand, not even in the middle of the net, under under the <laughs> middle of the net, and the and the drive volley that, I mean. I really didn't expect it. Like throughout these two weeks at Salinas, which we're gonna have to talk about, you know, in maybe more in terms of a fortnight than 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 the one event. Uh, in the most important moments, Jari was amazing. Uh, he won both tiebreaks he played before that against Mejia and uh, was it Tiranta? Tiranta, yes. Yeah. And I certainly didn't expect that kind of a choke, especially as the the final against Mejia was finished very easily but i guess that was also you know, the, the position was just that much more comfortable he was leading 5-1 or uh, in the second so so maybe he just isn't ready for to, to win tournaments from, from from such difficult positions yet i mean still extremely impressive these past two weeks uh, he's only been broken twice still so you know, in ten matches, that's that's a great feat, and we were kind of certain that he's gonna win, he was going to win two matches, uh, two, two events without even losing a set. But you know, that's where we are right now. <laughs> uh, maybe who else impressed you in the in Salinas either this week or the or the past one? So yeah, as well. I mean, as I said, unfortunately, I couldn't watch as much. So, somebody that I wanted to ask you about was actually uh, Tirante, who you touched on a bit. He, he looks to have played very, very well throughout the week, singles and doubles. Um, and he got injured in the semifinals, right? Indeed. I mean, Gomez was very lucky to get through there. Uh, up until he got injured, Tirante was definitely in control. He also didn't go out for his doubles final, right? Yeah. I think no. that was a walkover, yeah. So you know, a sad story because he, he was pr probably during the first week, he was probably the one who challenged Jari the most. So I really hope for a rematch of that in the finals. Uh, mm -hmm. as, I, as I mentioned somewhere on Twitter or something that I haven't, hadn't watched him on, on hard before this week, but it looks like he's going to be just as good. Despite I, I actually looked from, through his uh, junior, rec junior records and there really wasn't anything on hard. Like, he he only played a few events and and they, they they weren't they weren't good results. But after he turned turned pro, so to speak, uh, he had a great run at what well, I think it was Monastir, one of these cities that that have 
you know, constant ITF, ITF events. And he will had like five straight weeks there where he lost to Laurinas Grigalis three times, won a title and reached another final. So it looks like he's actually going to be, you know, of all the young Argentinians we've seen uh, lately, like the Cernodolos, Baez, I think all of them are almost solely clay court specialists. And Tirante looks like he could really translate that game to hard. And that's probably going to be of, of huge help. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then from, um, so yes, I, I guess we should touch on the results at the end of the last week. As you mentioned, it was Hari beating uh, Mejia in the final straight set, seven, six, six, one. Um, yeah. Where Selig Bilek and Ugo Carabelli were the two semifinalists who actually lost out there. But yeah, I don't really have much else on Selena's except for how dominant Harry has been and how good this this final has been <laughs> so far. Yeah, I I can I have to say I think about the view from you know, behind the court. I mm -hmm. would I would love if every if, if every court had that kind of you know that the city looks fantastic absolutely. I think it's almost sea sea level and you know not not up in the mountains. So that's why maybe you can see. Like it's a plane before the behind. I'm gonna miss that view. Uh, but going back to tennis, I uh, uh, yeah, the, maybe an important point that in the in the final, uh, Jari led six one uh, in the tiebreak against Mejia, and then oh, did he actually five didn't set know points. that? Yeah, Ooh. he threw away five set points, and then actually had to save one of his own. So, you know, that that that's kind of been also a theme, not really being. Up to up to par when when having to finish a match or a set that that went close. Yeah. So we'll see if he if he can do it yesterday. But but it, it really wasn't looking that that good. Like you know the the last five or ten minutes, I I, I thought Gomez was the the stronger player. But uh, but we're gonna see tomorrow. Uh, maybe we'll mention that that next week. We actually also had a question right uh, about Wu Yibing and Jian Zhang. Mm -hmm. And about why why they're not playing uh, any professional events right now, uh, we tried our best to to look up an info about it. I think Jin <laughs> Zhang was great timing because he's gonna be playing again this week. Yeah, this week. Biela yeah. or Prague because I can't remember. No, Biela, right? Uh, Biela, yeah. Starting as a qualifier in the first round. And what about uh, you? You no, no. How how do you pronounce it even? Wuyibing, I think. Yeah. I guess. Yes, so Wu Yibing hasn't played professionally since March 2019. However, he did play um, some sort of Chinese tournament uh, in November 2020. So we, we just sort of assume that it's probably, it's, it's, it's not injuries. It's probably just like not wanting to travel during the pandemic, which I, I don't blame anybody for. But yeah, yeah his, his ranking has fallen off quite a bit now. He's outside the top 1000, so he'll have to use protected ranking once he's back, I believe. Yeah, if he has the he'll option, he'll have it because he, yeah. uh, back in March 2019, he had like a long lasting injury of a pectoral muscle, I think. And you know, has to be kind of disappointing for the for the Chinese because you know, the, the, I'm not sure if this was the, their first junior champion of a, of a Grand Slam, but I mean, he was hailed as the first possible superstar that they're going to have in tennis. and. As you said, he's not, he hasn't played in, in two years now, over two years. But uh, I actually watched a, a bit of his match from, was it August, I think, last year against Zhizhen Zhang. 
in in a Chinese tournament, and I think I thought they were playing at a great level. So hopefully, once the the, the travel situation, the pandemic is back to normal, we're gonna see them both competing. Uh, I'm assuming if Zhang is is in Biela, then he's gonna stay in Europe for some sort of a prolonged period of time, not only mm -hmm. not only for this one event, right? Uh, so I guess we covered Salinas. We still don't know if our pick for we, we both picked uh, Nicolas Jarry too in this event. We still don't know if it's gonna work out, but we actually know that all our other picks were didn't <laughs> quite come fails. off. Unfortunately, well, maybe maybe you should start with the complete fails. So let's go to Rome now. <laughs> yeah, uh, so Rome, we had Juan Manuel Cerundolo winning it over Flavio Caboli, 6-2-3-6-6-3, which is actually my match of the week, mostly because of the crowd. The crowd, mm -hmm. whenever Caboli did anything positive, they were going wild. I've just missed that so much <laughs> in, in, in the Teresa thing. So um, I've gone for that as my match of the week. Some of those, I mean, it doesn't really happen that often that there is two guys younger than me in the final happened here. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so so Koboli, quite impressive. Uh, obviously couldn't win this match. Serendola was playing great. Um, but yeah, Koboli is sort of like the next, next, next great Italian. <laughs> There's just so many with Sinner, Musetti and Koboli all in the, same, all in the same generation, which is just quite wild. But do, do you feel that Koboli can sort of translate his game to that level of obviously he's only just now broken into the top 500 but so he's still quite a way away but yeah, do you I, feel like he has that potential? That was a question I actually just wanted to ask you uh, <laughs> but I think I, I think I know the answer like uh, I mean I don't think we're expecting him to have that kind of astronomical growth as sinner right that there's that fun correlation that they both won Koboli didn't didn't win the final. They both reached a final in their fourth challenger major appearance. But I mean, mm. I don't know. With Sinner, you kind of always knew that with these insane accelerations, he was just once he gets rid of the inconsistencies, he was going to be a, absolutely amazing. And I think we gotta be a little bit more patient with Koboli for now. But I'm definitely excited to see what what he does next. I mean. This performance is going to have to open some doors for him in terms of wildcards, in terms of next challenger appearances. There's going to be two more uh, BLA events this, this month. Uh, I mean, the, the, this week we have a BLA event, but but the, the wildcards were handed out beforehand. But mm -hmm. I'm assuming that he's going to get at least one to, 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 to one of the next two. So so the, they're also going to be challenger 50s, so theoretically a, a little bit weaker field. Uh, I also like the final lot. I definitely agree with everything you said about the crowd. I think if there if there wasn't any, then Koboli probably wouldn't have made it you know, to three sets. Like Cherndolo came out playing, playing very well. He was actually willing to hit through his forehand, which doesn't happen often. I mean, he's criticized by everyone for for just moonballing, being too passive, and that this isn't gonna cut it for the main tour. That's what I was saying before before he went, before he won the title in Cordoba Cordoba or Cordoba. I always mix Cordoba, up I think. events and I think you, I think you, yeah I think you, I think you know which which one which Cherndola brother was at that which one. <laughs> uh, but uh, who and yeah I mean he's, he keeps winning 
he keeps proving me wrong, so I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna not talk about him that much. Uh, what else? Koboli uh, defeated Pellegrino in a rematch of their of their clash from last week. So it's actually you know Koboli only lost to eventual champions uh, in these two weeks. So, so mm-hmm. that that may be something that. And our picks for that for that week were Andreozzi, that that crazy pick of mine, and Zunkur <laughs> from you. And they both yeah. lost first round. So yeah, <laughs> nice. That was good. That was good. Uh, anyone else you'd like to mention from from Rome? Or? Well, I mean, I, I would just like to mention that to be fair, that draw fell apart when it when it comes to any seeds. Genesi was the only seed in the quarterfinals out of the eight. Um, something else I'd like to mention. Oh yeah, um, Dumbia and Rebul, uh, who won Rome last week, won again, won again this week, gone back to back. So they're slowly rising up those doubles rankings. Which, yeah, just, just interesting to see a pair play consistently together on the challengers. It just doesn't happen that often, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you actually had Genesee uh, far, like, you remember? You yeah, know, I, I, I had Genesee in the final and I actually had Bonzi, who, who won Ostrava in the finals. I <laughs> just, just oh, picked so, the wrong winners. So that was close, <laughs> that was close. <laughs> Uh, Genesi also had that great match with Kokinakis. Uh, you already said what your m- match of the week was. I mm-hmm. may say that, I mean, obviously there was that Van Rietoven Ortega Olmedo match, but maybe because I only caught it on, in bits on replay, maybe that that's why, you know, I didn't want to go for it. Uh, Van Rietoven came back from 6-2 in the in the deciding set tiebreak to, to win 8-6 uh, to set up a match with Jari, which was also very good, actually. Uh, but Kokinakis Genesi was probably the one I enjoyed the most this week. Uh, the quality was very good throughout. I uh, was kind of rooting for Kokinakis to to go through honestly, because I think he's been playing far better than his than his results would would suggest. But it was a great effort from Genesi and probably kind of killed his chances in the semis too. Uh, I think in that third set it was clear that that Cherundolo just has a lot more left in the tank. Uh, so you already mentioned Ostrava, so I guess we could we could now travel there. I think both of our, both of our picks actually lost by by retirement, so you know, we can't really take yeah. the blame for that. <laughs> I mean, no, what can you do? I mean, injuries happen. Uh, yeah, yeah, I had an Inderknech um, winning it didn't happen. Retired, yeah. It, it was Bonzi who, who won it six four six four over Olivo, which actually was like quite high quality at points. Uh, like the, the the rallies were quite high quality. Um, Bonzi played it in leg warmers, which is always mm-hmm. <laughs> to mix it up. You, I'm pretty sure you posted the cl- this clip on Twitter as well. There was a an Olivo underarm ace at three four in the second set break point down. Uh, which was it was very weird because it was underarm, but it was also quite high underarm. It was <laughs> very yeah, I mean, very odd. Amazing shot, really. I mean, um, I, yeah, I've never even try. attempted anything like it, that. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. tried. I tried serving underarm. I remember even serving some aces underarm, but like that, never. And I'm I'm really I'm definitely gonna try <laughs> the next time I play tennis. I mean. I don't think it's gonna work out that well. Like I think it's actually harder than it looks. I think also, even with underarm serves, like people always feel, always say that you know it's just, it's just completely natural. I think 
in some way it's easier to serve in a normal way like if you don't practice your underarm serve it's it's not gonna be good in yeah it's, it's it's quite a weird shot to hit especially when you're going inside out with, with, with your underarm serve i always found it easier to sort of hit it across body rather than trying to somehow figure out how to <laughs> hit an inside out or underarm serve um but yeah it's it, it's tricky it takes some practice if you want it to be like an actually effective underarm serve mm -hmm. that puts your opponent in a difficult position that then just plop it in there and see what happens. But <laughs> yeah, uh, somebody who we talked about last week, Klein and Molchan, both had quite nice runs. You know, Strava reaching the quarterfinals, quite unlucky for them to only reach the quarterfinals because if they had won one more match, at least one of them, they could have gotten the special exempt uh, into either Prague or Biela, but um, they ended up actually not making the qualifying cuts. I'm not sure if they were entered, but uh, rankings-wise, the, the, the cuts were too high for them, so so they wouldn't make it. But yeah, Klein, after qualifying, beat Polanski and Rossol, which, I mean, on, on clay, um, not not like the most famed wins, but good wins nonetheless. Lost to Rinderknecht. I, I caught the end of that match where he was a, a breakup in the third and then just lost the, those three games in a row, which is... It's it's tough. It's, it's it's just something that like he needs to just hold his nerves there because there were some like double double faults um, when when he was serving four five three. Um, so yeah, just just sort of trying to eliminate stuff like that. Molchan actually beat Seboshwild and then Baez by by retirement um, before losing to Emer, who actually quite had quite a good week as well. So yeah, Klein and Molchan encouraging performance is kind of unlucky to not be playing this this next week. So. Yeah, yeah. A uh, bit of doubles, maybe. Um, Paul Mans and Sachowski won the title, and uh, Andrew Paulson and Patrick Gikl, uh made the final as wild cards, which was quite quite surprising. Yeah, and this was probably they were the only Czechs that did anything this week. It would seem yeah, like. pretty much. I I was kind of bummed about this, and so I also I also watched the the final actually. Uh, I'm always expecting some of these young Czech talents to to do something, and in this event, they kind of miss their chance. But they're gonna have Prague. They're gonna have definitely a few more, a few more during the during the year, probably after you know some August or September. There's definitely gonna be something more. Uh, yes, uh, Elias Simer, as you, as you mentioned, kind of, it was actually a very weird week because he was. I think, yeah, Maxim Cressy served for the match against him in the opening rounds. And I think so, yeah. Losing to Cressy on clay would be an extremely weird feat. I mean, like, he's a tricky player to face, but if you're if you're as good in rallies as Emery is, you really shouldn't be having that much issues. But, I mean, he has to work, Elias Emery, not, not, not Cressy, <laughs> has to work on his serve. Uh, he was broken eight times by Bonzi in the in the semis, and that just won't cut it. Like, you know, he needs more free points, definitely. And as for Bonzi, I think it's just you know it, 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 we have to mention that he was well, it's what the the beginning of May, and he's already won twenty five matches on the circuit this year. So that's absolutely absurd. And in, in I think in nine, he played nine challenger events and reached at least the quarters seven times. So that's 
just amazing and and the, the breakout season he's having it's just sad that that we have these stupid ranking changes and he's still like on monday he'll be 115th i believe but in yeah. ap race he's 40th so you know we, and, and in the challenger race he's actually number one now uh, yes. taking over from jensen brooksby, <laughs> Obviously, brooksby uh, yeah played uh, a couple less events yeah, yeah. I mean, Bonzi definitely. Bonzi has played nine. nine. Brooksby has played five. So I mean, obviously that that's why Bonzi's ahead. But still very impressive. Two titles in a final, uh, as you said, quarters or higher. He didn't have a, a single title before this year. Yeah, very impressive. Yeah, and I I, I was really hoping for that Niederknecht Bonzi final too. Uh, they played a, a fantastic match in Istanbul uh, the first week of the year. Actually, mm -hmm. it wasn't the first week of the year. The, it was the first week of the year for the Challenger Tour, uh, I think starting 18th January. And they, they, they had a fantastic final there with uh, with a third set tiebreak. And I was really hoping for that one. But as we said, injuries happen and Rindreknech and Baez weren't, you know, it, it wasn't our fault that, that this didn't work out. Uh, we already mentioned our matches of the week, right? So yes, I think yeah. we could go with upsets now. I, I have gone for a very weird upset of the week okay. because it, it, it's an upset by a seeded player. I have Mark Polman's beating, <laughs> beating Blash Kavcic in the first round, which to me yeah. was the biggest upset this week because Mark Polman's coming into... He had an amazing week by his standards on clay. Beat Kavcic, beat Istomin, made, uh, won the doubles title, so quite good especially considering that he was 0-4-9 this year so I, I had Kapcic going all the way to the final I didn't watch the match so I think that Kapcic's level wasn't that great but yeah Poma's beating Kapcic is my upset of the week despite him being the fifth seed yeah I didn't watch that one either but that's a really good pick I was actually kind of certain that we're gonna have the same guy uh, because I picked Serdarusic over Zumhur mm. uh, I mean Mostly looking at how Serdarusic was doing before this year. I remember I was, uh, after the first quarter of the year, I was kind of just piling up uh, the, the, some sort of stats about uh, about the first quarter of the Challenger Tour. And Serdarusic actually was one, of the, I think, one of the few players that had at least four or five losses uh, without a win. But he was the only one of them who actually couldn't even win a match at any level of competition. Like he was zero for six or seven at this, at this point. So almost like Mark Polman's was until this week. And and especially looking at that, I mean, that that, that was kind of a shock, even though Zumhur isn't really dominating the, the Challenger Tour, but you still kind of, you know, he, he reached the finals in Belgrade, not that recently. So uh, you, I, I know you expected him to go deep since you, since you yeah, him to, to win the event, right? Um, yeah, should we move on to the drop reviews? Yep. Okay, let, let's start with Prague. Where, by the way, I, I just have to mention, we only have two tournaments this week, which has made the cutoffs incredibly high uh, for both main draw and the qualifiers. I mean, some of these qualifying matches that happened in the first round of Prague qualifying, you have Emer against Collage, you have Rodionov Schnur, you have uh, Vít Kopšiva against Sebastian Baez. Like, it's crazy that these guys are playing each other in the first rounds of qualifying. Um, actually, controversially, because of how strong the qualifying is, I have the qualifiers winning all four matches where they can qualify to be just because of the opponents, mm -hmm. really. 
I mean, we've called Fergus uh, Marchenko, Nagal, Prague, uh, Prague, Prague, yeah. Yeah, Marchenko, Marchenko Nagal. Play, so yeah, yeah, uh, Martinez. Yeah, Popko probably isn't in great form. Yeah, it's yeah. Possible. I mean, obviously, obviously depends on who goes where yeah, and who actually qualifies. It, but it's very possible, yeah. But yeah, I mean, guys like Kopshiva, Zhuk, Rodinov, Kolarz, like. Estonian Stakowski is a kind of a weak. Yeah, that 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 is a weak one, and I hope that goes to Nagal. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean Nagal should probably win this. I mean. Yeah, I mean, he's he's struggling this year. I think Nagal. I'm, I haven't checked the numbers, but I feel like I always see him. Yeah, losing. yeah, he wasn't playing well, but Zhuk uh, very I think, is a ridiculous qualifying round of a challenger. Rodionov Kopriva as well. I mean, Kolar Mart Buckinger. I mean, every, everything is. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous here. And that's going to be a bit of a recurring theme, let's say, because, for example, ne- the week after this, uh, we're going to have the Challenger 100 event in Heilbronn. And as far as I remember, the main Joe cutoff, when the entry list was released, maybe someone mm-hmm. drew already, it was 145. <laughs> so the qualities for that are going to be insane as well. And Yeah, it's it's brutal on these I players. Feel like I feel like uh, Biela had like the better field when I looked at that, but Prague has just insane qualifying. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Baez won challengers this year, Zhuk won challengers this year, Kolar won challengers this year, Daniel Masur, who already lost, he actually had a repeat of their final in Biela, uh, mm-hmm. Masur, Masur Buckinger. I mean, so we've got four winners from this year in, in qualifying already, and actually. Two of them haven't even made it for the first round. Yeah, it's, it's, it's truly is no, crazy. No, sorry, two of them. Two of them. I'm, I'm coming out. But yeah, lo- looking at the actual draw, we have Norbert Gombosch as top seed, which I believe uh, he he's been sort of trying to play ATP tournaments for the last little bit. Was lucky loser in Munich last week, so he's dropping down here. Um, yeah, nice little quarter to start against. Obviously, three qualifiers in there who we don't know who that will be yet. Um, but yeah, some other names in here. Uh, Yirji Lehechka has quite a good opportunity to go on a run lo- looking at his little section. Uh, opening around against Safilin, then he has Sugita as the high seed there. Koyovchik, who I don't think he loves clay very much. Uh, so yeah, I have actually Lehechka going through to the semifinals in this tournament. Some it's other fun possible. stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, Denis Novak is playing uh, finals Renzo Olivo, which is a quite interesting first round. Also, <laughs> another fun fact is that Cressy and Safford are playing each other. Cressy on a seven match losing streak and Safford on a six match losing streak. So <laughs> <laughs> one of them will get to break it. I mean, um, Clay, you gotta expect it to be Safford, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. you're talking about Lehechka. I, I really like the wild cards this week for, for the checks. Uh, Lal, you know, Lal, I think in the in the in Ostrava we, were, I think I mentioned the fact that these were a little bit weird. That it was Rick who got that major wild card and one more. Yeah. Who else? I I uh, now. And yeah, and Martin Krumi, uh he lost to Bias quite easily. And this week we've got Trubensky and Paulson who had qualifying wild cards in Ostrava, but I think they're much more likely to do anything here. Yes, uh, especially Paulson. Paulson has a very big serve. Maybe, maybe even you know, with Andre Martin not in top shape, mm-hmm. it could be. You know, I, 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 I wouldn't be put it past him. 
Yeah, I mean, Magda obviously loves loves Clay, but he's not been in the greatest form. Yeah, he hasn't been dull. So maybe, maybe there is a chance there. Uh, very interesting draw, definitely. Uh, maybe do we go for the winners now? Uh, yeah, um, I, I have Sebastian Ofner beating Norbert okay. Gombos in the final. Uh, considering that Martin is a bit in the best of form and the the, the last quarter, except for Lehechka, seems quite weak. So. The qualifying draw is so strong that I actually thought about some players there. Mm-hmm. Ended up not going for it, but it's it's very possible. Uh, obviously, I didn't want to go too optimistic with Kasper Schuk, but I did go... I mean, I, I said last time that I was going to go for some... Maybe not crazy, but some sort of weird picks. Uh, and I did go optimistic with with my, you know, Polish power, Kamil Wajczak, <laughs> for the title there. He has been struggling recently. I don't know. Uh, he has a very tough opening round, I think. Uh, and I know that. But I also think he's definitely good enough to, to, to keep winning events at that level, especially if he gets a lot more playtime. And he he's already won two two challengers on on clay. And actually, come to think of it, he actually won both his challengers on clay in the Czech Republic. Wasn't Prague, but it was Ostrava and Prostev. So maybe you know maybe there's something mm-hmm. there. <laughs> and and that's who I went for. So we've got Mike Shack and from you we've got Ofneru. Okay. And I guess we're gonna go to Bila right now. Yeah, Bila top seed uh, Pedro Souza. Um... Not quite. Actually, no. Let me take that back. I was going. To, I was going to say not quite interesting of a draw as Prague, but there's a, there's a lot of stuff in this draw. There's, for example, Hamad uh, Medvedevich, who we talked about in Belgrade. He's playing Bemelman's first round. Um, potentially Pedro Sousa or, or Menezes in the second. Um, Kokinakis Stebe to me is a huge first rounder in this tournament. Um, when it comes to sort of determining, determining who, who can go far. Potentially, Mackenzie McDonald against yeah. Serundolo uh, is, is also in that um, bracket. And then, yeah, I mean, there's Paolo Lorenzi against Federico Gallo in the first round. So two very, very experienced Italian <laughs> clay curters get to, get to play. One significantly more experienced. Yeah, I mean, all, almost a decade more experienced, I think. <laughs> I, 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 I think Gaio is like 30 as well. Uh, yeah, possibly. I, I'm yeah, not around that. Uh, Genesi yeah, plays. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gen- Genesi plays um, Juan Pablo Barrias in the first round. So, once again, a very, very interesting first round here. So, yeah, I a lot of interesting first rounds. Overall, I have gone for Mackenzie McDonald over Sedigma Zostebe, which I see as a big risk considering I can see both of them out in the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I've gone for McDonald. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Medvedovic, I think this is a very winnable first round for him. I mean, Bemelmans is theoretically he hasn't lost on the Challenger Tour yet this year <laughs> uh, because he only played one main draw and, and won it, but it was indoors and Clay probably isn't going to be that to him at this stage of his career, I imagine. Uh, actually, our listener question from, from Jan got me thinking about Zhen Zhang. I would, I'm really excited to watch Zhen Zhang right now, uh, <laughs> which I didn't follow, didn't really think I would be. Uh, as we mentioned, the, the qualities draw isn't as strong, but that doesn't mean that there aren't players who could 
even being the whole event. We've got Maximilian Marterer. Uh, Dimitar Kuzmanov has been playing really well, although he did drop a very weird set today against Stefano Reitano. I didn't watch the match, so I, you know, just by looking at it, I mean, Reitano is an absolute no-name. Like, he, he's barely playing the, the circuit. Uh, and he lost the first set to six and six, you know. So someone who is maybe a little bit more pessimistic than me would think that it's, uh, you know, it's some sort of a sold set instantly. Maybe, I don't know, I didn't watch it, but but Kuzmanov is someone who, who really impressed me this year. Also Guido Andreotti, who whom I picked last week and it was a fail. But, but... You know, we can't deny that it's a player who, if if he gets some much rhythm, he could definitely win it. I ended up going for some for someone who I already already picked one of the weeks before, and it's Tanasi Kokilakis again, because <laughs> I just think if I keep picking him, it's gonna have to work out at some point. I mean, I think he's playing far too well to not to have that one at least final run well yeah. maybe clay obviously but then again he I, I think his breakthrough was on clay right he reached the the third round of the french open in 2015 i mean he's definitely feeling well on the surface i think he's playing far better than the results would su- suggest probably just uh this week against Giannessi, he missed two two match points i think one he couldn't really do much but there was a, a missed second serve return that I don't think it would have been too aggressive. I think he mostly just wanted to get the ball to this other side of the court and didn't mm-hmm. really manage that. So, I mean, maybe some mental toughness is still needed. That's probably going to touch, uh, going to come with much practice. And I I have high hopes for Koginakis. If not this week, then next week. Maybe, I, maybe I'm just going to you know, keep picking him. And I'm actually not <laughs> sure how many protective rankings he, he still has but very true yeah yeah but because otherwise he is to he is to go through the qualifying he would have to go for qualities yeah but he he's not that screw, not as screwed as i thought because i wasn't sure what his current ranking was because he's getting into everything with with protected ranking so i, I thought he might be even more screwed like you know 400 ish no but he's mm. he would be able to get into qualifying so that's not the end of the world uh okay so that was kind of quick i guess yeah i just i just feel like i we must have forgot to mention something but i don't think we did so i don't think we have so uh i guess that's where we're gonna finish this Uh, is there anything uh, you know any last words that you that you want to say to our audience not really uh it's it's been fun hopefully next week we'll know what the selena's um (laughs) challenger result is at last Uh, and yeah um here's hoping that one of us gets gets the gets a point oh yeah hopefully second point at this point yeah but... <laughs> actually, we, we should both get one from from salinas i hope and then and then then kevin mikeshock obviously is winning the prague challenger that's that that's that yeah that's gonna happen okay so you already know who's winning next week you already know who won this week except for salinas so hopefully you'll join us also also in seven days to, to recap the action in BLN Prague. I think that then we're going to have Heilbronn and Zagreb uh, to, to talk about. So thanks again for listening and see you next week.
Hope all of you enjoyed today's ATP Challenger-themed episode of The Great Shot Podcast. A huge thank you to Damian and Jakob, as always, for their work. If you would like to read more of Damian's thoughts on everything happening across the professional tennis world, you can read them on our website, CrackRackets.com. Later this week, he's going to have an article up about the young Argentinians currently rising in the ATP Challenger ranks. Now, of course, a few weeks ago, he talked about the young Czechs, uh, but there really are a bunch of cohorts right now across a couple of different continents who are starting to rise in the men's game, and we talk about that generational shift all the time. Damien offering all of you listeners a sneak preview of who those players will be at the top of that generational shift. Again, you can read that article later this week on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, you may have noticed across our podcast here this week. A couple of different hosts. I'm not taking a week off. Nothing's wrong with me. Don't worry. We just are wrapping up our Cracked Rackets Level 1 USTA Boys 18's national event here in Indianapolis. That event will run until Wednesday. Uh, But of course, there are a couple of things happening across the tennis world that I just can't afford to not talk about right now. I'm going to miss them too much if I don't, uh, and I'll just be anxious if I don't do it anyway. So, Chris Halioris joined me to preview Monday's NCAA Division 1 men's uh, selection show for the team event. Of course, Maddie, Chris, and I will be back on the horn recapping that selection show, offering our initial takeaways. I believe on a Tuesday or Wednesday Great Shot podcast, we'll have men's and women's preview podcasts for you as well, as the NCAA tournament is set to begin this weekend. It's a crazy thought. It's really not that far away. Of course, we promise to have you all prepared and ready, but if you are looking for some pro tennis content, rest assured, on the mini break, Jamie McDonald has me covered. He's going to carry us through Madrid, talk, I'm sure, about the action that we saw last weekend in Estoril uh, as well as in Munich. And so, you know, again, day in, day out for all the updates. Be sure to like, rate, subscribe, review to this podcast, our Cracked Interviews podcast, our mini break podcast, and so much more. If you need more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Crack Crackets. You want to message me directly, I'm at Great Shot Pod. Shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fliegner and Daniel Westa for the of an editing job they do day in, day out. Shout out to Fliegner, uh, who's very much picking up the slack while Westoff and I are diving into this level one. Uh, so, you know, always got to give my boy a special shout out. There'd be no great shot podcast without Max Fliegner. So anyways, shout out to you, Fliegner. And of course, again, a shout out to our friends at Turna Tennis. If you would like to join the Turna team, contact sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707. With that in mind, for our fantastic host today, Jakob Bobro, Damian Koost, our super producers, Max Linder and Daniel Westoff, our friends at Turner Tennis, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot. See you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>